You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the Illini Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner, Illini Enquirer publisher with Derek Piper, lead basketball reporter. And I turned to Derek at one point with about six minutes left. And Illinois just giving bucket after bucket or foul after foul and giving free throw after free throw. And it's a game in the final minutes with Texas Rio Grande Valley, formerly Texas Pan American. I said, they're going to lose this game, aren't they? Uh, and as Brad said, they didn't because we have Shaq on our team uh, at the end of this one. Kofi Coburn, 38 points. Alfonso Plummer, 30. But a lot of bad defense. And without Andre Corbello, without Trent Frazier, and without Jacob Grandison, uh, this game was close, Derek, to being an absolute disaster. And finally one that I think would really hurt in March and one that would make us really reconsider everything about this team. It's hard to take anything away from a game without three starting guards and three very important pieces of this team, but still, to have it come down that close against Texas Rio Grande Valley, no matter what Brad Underwood says about Matt Figures' team, his close buddy, uh, that was ugly. Very ugly. Uh, sweat's good for everybody after Thanksgiving, but not the kind that you wanted or expected going against what was Ken Palm's 298th rated team, and uh, that was in the same range as Jackson State, a situation where you had no Curbelo, no Trent, so I figured... It could be a little dicey offensively. It could look ugly. You could turn it over, but I thought the defense would be a lot better. I thought that you would be in control in the second half and be able to cruise. So uh, you do avoid the the cringeworthy John Rothstein tweet about you know losing a bye game and the, all of that. But yeah, defense is a big problem. Cringeworthy John Rothstein tweet? No, I, no. He's got, anyway, continue. He's got a couple of those. <laughs> but yeah, defensively is a problem. I mean, even with missing your best defender in Trent Frazier and missing guys on the perimeter. This has been a team out in Kansas City that couldn't stop the ball and was getting beat off the dribble too often and even giving up second chance points, which I think was a storyline maybe a little bit underlining, but there was a large portion of that game where I'm, I'm, I'm so sick of riding this, but UTRGV uh, was tied in the rebounding battle and, and got some second chance points. So uh, Kofi's a monster. He's a cheat code against anybody that doesn't have, you know, Hunter Dickinson, Luca Garza, whatever, and even then he can be dominant. Uh, so credit to him, credit to Plummer for coming out and doing his thing, keeping the hot hand, and uh, he's living up to the billing of what Brad Underwood said he was in the offseason. So uh, it is hard evaluation-wise because of the the absences, and you're just kind of in survival mode right now. Uh, but it was discouraging, and it, this team continues to have some issues that even given the disjointed roster, they should be able to play better than this. Yeah, so let's uh, let's just do some uh, whiteboard here of what's going on. Trent Frazier obviously out with that leg injury. He came out not on crutches, which is a positive, but I would imagine he's going to be out for a while. Well, how long he's out, we're not sure. It's not an ACL. So say this hyperextension and a sprain, which is speculation on our part, my part, um, that's two to six weeks, right? So that's multiple games, multiple high major opponents. Jacob Grandison out tonight with the flu. You'd hope he'd be back by Monday, um, at least in some capacity. He didn't play very well in Kansas City. So what would you have gotten out of him tonight? 
just a veteran, right? You could have used a veteran presence, just another offensive uh, player who can give you some points because it was, I mean, 38 from Kofi, 30 from Plummer, 13 from Hawkins, and barely anything from anyone else. And we'll talk about Austin Hutcherson and his really disappointing game tonight. But, um, and then Andre Curbelo, Brad Underwood said tonight, neck problems. So he talked more about the neck. Andre was here uh, at the stadium. Jacob Grandison was not. So you'd hope Andre Curbelo could go against Notre Dame. He was able to play in spurts uh, against Kansas State. But if you don't have Andre Curbelo running this offense, it got dicey early, and then you finally were able to get some offense going with Coleman Hawkins made a couple of entry passes, but Benjamin Bossman's Verdonk was really the one that finally got Kofi going with some good entry passes. And then I thought DeMonte moved the ball well, and it got to Alfonso Plummer, man. Um, Plummer, last two games, has made 13 threes uh, and has, what, 53 points. Kid's a bucket. Uh, kid can go get you one, and they needed all of them. And Kofi Coburn's just the most dominant force in, in college basketball on the interior. And UT Rio Grande Valley had just nobody who could get to him. And kudos to Kofi for finishing, but also in the second half, they were really able to get him the ball finally, right? So should have gone for 50, but you get 38 from him. So you had those two, Derek, really carry you. Yeah, Kofi and Drew Timmy both have 30-plus point performances against teams from Texas. Drew was against the Longhorns. Uh, this is against the Vaqueros? Yeah, Vaqueros. Yeah, Vaqueros for Kofi. But, uh. Which, uh, by the way, uh, Illinois did tell us first time two teammates for Illinois have had 30-plus points since Andy Kaufman and Deion Thomas back in 1990, and that was a double overtime game. So Kaufman had 46, and uh, Deion had 34. Yeah, that's what you'd like to see out of Kofi, and 8 for 11 from the free throw line, 15 for 19 from the field. I mean, that's super efficient, and just you can't stop him. You can't stop him with the personnel that uh, the opponent has, and, and that's what that's really special. Like, to look at those just gaudy numbers, and uh, I mean, that's that's the kind of force that Kofi can be, and uh, Plummer feeling that confidence, and we wondered maybe how long it would take for him to get acclimated, and we knew all along that he was a really good shooter, and d defense is still something he needs to clean up, but just kind of, this has been a good situation for him to get more opportunities because Illinois is a little banged up, and now he can continue to have that confidence. I thought Luke Goody played really well, too, in, in the second half, a guy that I think he had five points, three rebounds, a block, and assist all in the second half and uh, played in some meaningful stretches there, so that was good to see. Uh, and, and, yeah, Coleman Hawkins after the second half, and the first half was really rough for him, but uh, after that, being able to feed Kofi, uh, that was a struggle for him early. I know you at the outset mentioned Benjamin, who might get a four-star in the player grades. How about that? Who would, who would have thought that? But, uh, I mean, that's what you want to see. Uh, I think post-entries were a problem early on, and uh, Ben really started to get the ball to Kofi and, and some other guys as yeah. the game progressed. Uh, just some fun with numbers. Through three games, Kofi Coburn is averaging 26.3 points and 10 rebounds, shooting 71% from the field. And maybe the most encouraging thing from him, Derek, two of them, uh, shooting 68% from free throw, which I, if he does that, he's going to average 22 a game. Uh, if, if he makes those free throws and teams can't hack him at the end of games or they do and he makes them, that's huge. But also three assists in the last two games. He, he's, he's passing it out a little bit more. Had one turn, had two turnovers, I believe, tonight, but one on a pass out that wasn't very good. But when he just moves the ball like that and you have shooters like Plummer, uh, it's huge. But Plummer, the first three games, uh, or first four games, I believe, was 5 of 18 from three. On the season now, he's 18 of 38, so 47%. His numbers have jumped just like that from 27 to 47 in just two games. I want to bring up Coleman Hawkins because um, he and Hutcherson 
were really disappointing defensively uh, tonight. We know Plummer's not very good. At least I'm seeing little signs of Plummer fighting through screens, doing a little bit of these, not all the time, but just a couple times you can see him. It's like, man, when he locks in, I'm fighting through screens. He can do it. And he's actually stronger than Trent Frazier, right? So he, he can do that well when he wants and he's focused on it. Coleman Hawkins and Austin Hutcherson were struggling all day. Justin Johnson's a nice player. Brad Underwood and Kofi Coburn both called them special afterwards. Listen, this Texas Rio Grande Valley team had 50 points against Arizona, right? And Arizona beat them by 54. Um, it was really disappointing how they were unable to stop the ball. DeMonte Williams looked like he was the only one that could do it for most of the game. But, man, Hutch and, and Hawkins have to be better defensively there. Yeah, there was a point late in the first half where Underwood just said to Hawkins, they're picking on you. Like, they're hunting you out. And how many times you saw him and Hutch just get blown by. And uh, those guys are turning their back to the three-point line because their guy's gone right past them. And I know Brad mentioned in the postgame, Hawkins biting on pump fakes. And that's been an issue here. Uh, you saw that a number of times. That's just being undisciplined. Uh, so that's one thing you just got to be able to clean up. And those are mental mistakes. But being able to move your feet. And, and Hawkins and Hutch aren't guys that – are lacking athleticism or, or lacking mobility. Uh, so that, that's things that you just got to be able to sit down and guard and, and be able to be, uh, you know, tougher and, and more determined at that end of the floor. And uh, I know that Hutch got knocked off his spots and a guy that still looks sometimes physically weak. I mean, he's, yeah. he's, he's fairly thin and a guy that hasn't been playing a lot of hasn't been playing any D1 basketball up until this point. So that was definitely noticeable. And, yeah, just the point of ball screens that uh, not having the right coverage and not having a guard, it's noticeable when Trent's not fighting through a screen and cutting off every angle. Uh, obviously, DeMonte's a guy that can do that as well. Uh, and then just straight up, whether it's transition or in the half court, a guy deciding I'm going to the rim. And Illinois far too often allowed that them to get wherever they wanted. I'll give this to Hawkins, though. I thought he really bounced back, right? Um, I, I thought his last six minutes of the game were really important. He had seven points, made four free throws, made a huge three and a great pass from Luke Goody. Uh, I want to bring up Goody as well again, but um, then he had a huge block. He got beat but recovered and used his length uh, to, to, to get that possession, get a needed stop for this team that just couldn't get and string together stops tonight, which is way bigger than any kind of offensive problem. They scored 94 points, but early on it was a little bit of a struggle offensively. So at least Hawkins bounced back. Hutch just never looked comfortable, never looked confident, and uh, did make one bucket late in the game that you're seeing. There's that flash where that guy can get to the rim, but he's just got to lock in defensively if he wants to, to play. And jumping up on entry passes cost like four turnovers, I think, tonight for, for Hutch. I cannot be more impressed by Luke Cody. I, I thought they missed him um, in the Marquette loss. I thought he should have played more. Uh, and then in Kansas City, not having him for two games, kind of back spasms. I thought they really missed him. Derek, he just brings a poise. And I pointed him out again to you. I, I said, DeMonte fouls out with, what, two minutes left. And he was so big defensively, and they knew they had to put Hutch back in. It's like, oh, no, what's going to happen? Luke Goody grabbed DeMonte, gave him a pat on the butt, and said, we got you. And it's just like, that, that's special for a freshman. He wasn't afraid to shoot. A big three late, big pass to Hawkins late, and then hit a mid-range jumper. He, he's just got an it factor, man, that I know Brad Underwood is really pumped about, but I think he's going to be an important piece for this team the next uh, four years. 
He's a winner. You can tell why he, you know, he was a quarterback of high school teams that went deep in the playoffs and uh, a guy that was on one of the best teams in Indiana last year at Homestead and just makes so many winning plays and, and you can trust him. The fact that he hasn't been practicing all that much with back spasms and just comes out in the game, doesn't have a turnover, and you just trust him to make the right play, but also like he is gritty and super tough and always sticking his nose in on loose balls and everything. So uh, where this team has lacked an edge at times and, and yeah. kind of an, a consistent energy or just an intensity, Luke has that any time that he's on the floor. So uh, I know that we compared him a lot as a recruit to Matt McQuaid and a guy that was, you know, whatever the stat line said, ultimately he was just going to go out there and make a play. Uh, I think we're seeing that as a freshman from Luke. And I think that even based on what we've seen early, like he has a higher, I think, ceiling than McQuaid ultimately, where yeah. McQuaid was never like a premier player or one of the, you know, as an upperclassman, a feature player at Michigan State. We could see that with Luke at Illinois for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I can see him being a top two player on, on one of these teams eventually. You talked about that edge. Um, I, I, they're lacking it right now. Uh, they are certainly lacking it. Um, didn't have it against Cincinnati, obviously. Didn't think they had it a lot in the preseason. And they didn't have it tonight. Uh, I thought Goody brought some of it. I think Kofi brings such positive energy to this team and such confidence to this team. And so does Plummer. I think both those guys can bring a lot of confidence to a team. I wouldn't call any of those guys kind of the, the edge guy, the leader. Um, DeMonte has played well, uh, or played solid. There's just moments, Derek, where I'm more like, they need a little bit more from him. And I know it's a lot to ask out of him right now with Trent and, and Andre out and Grandison out, but Grandison doesn't bring that. DeMonte, I think, has to bring that toughness edge to him. And I also think Coleman has it, right? He's just got to control it a little bit at times and just focus more. I think for him it's just a lot of focus. And let's, let's be honest, like Brad is really hard on Coleman publicly. That is because he sees such great potential, and, and he thinks that Coleman can be really, really special. But he sat him for the last six minutes of the first half to send him a message and put him in the doghouse for a little bit. At least Coleman responded late, but uh, you need more consistently from those guys when, when it comes to bringing edge and, and, and bringing that energy. Yeah, and Cincinnati, again, they did not respond well to adversity. It was just a team that – you know, in points of the game, not being able to say we're going to lock down, we're going to be able to bounce back from a certain play. And uh, it is noticeable defensively when you're not getting stops and you're not, uh, you know, blowing really an inferior team off the floor, even though you are missing guys. So I, I do think that Brad did talk about in the offseason, we got to be so much tougher. You know, we're, we're not there yet and we're seeing that come to fruition so far early this season, something they still have to earn. And you don't have an I.O. out there. I know it's, that's a common narrative to come back to ultimately. But Didn't uh, have an Andre or Trent out there that, either. <laughs> that's true. I mean, Trent, too, has a, you know, you're not going to score on me type of yeah. swagger and attitude. And uh, But there does need to be more kind of edge and grit. And DeMonte has rebounded well. I didn't, offensively, obviously, he's got problems. I mean, he's – his confidence is very much lacking in terms of being a shooter, and uh, he wasn't good at all in Kansas City from that standpoint. So uh, he's got to figure some things out. There's still some moments where you're like, is he? Is there something up with him? Yeah. Because he kind of maybe quits on plays or just kind of has a demeanor about him. You're kind of questioning. Uh, so on that standpoint, you need more like Kofi, Luke. There are a select few guys that you know are bringing it mm -hmm. pretty much every time that they're in there. There's some others that need to be more consistent. I mean, Devontae Williams – we know what he can bring defensively tonight, eight assists, zero turns. But he's got nine points over the last four games. They need, they need more. They, they need him to go get something at some point or take an open shot. Uh, yeah. he's, he's passed up on some of those. So uh, even though like he was plus seven tonight and he was indispensable for what this team had tonight, um, he, he need, yeah, I just 
there's not that edge that you see against Connor McCaffrey. You need that guy, I think, a little bit more right now. Because this team needs uh, a kick in the butt right now. You get two wins, Derek, after two losses, but this one doesn't feel like a win. Kansas State, I thought, was a solid bounce back. Uh, but you you were right. It, it feels like survival mode with, with Notre Dame coming here Monday. Trent ain't going to play, right? Um, Rutgers on Friday coming here. Iowa on the road, then home against Arizona. And then December, you get kind of some breaks, right? Like, you get St. Francis, Missouri, you know, that's never a break game, a 4-8, to a&m, and then you start a Big Ten play again. But there's only three games in the final two and a half, three weeks of December. So you at least get some time to get healthy uh, and maybe get this team together. But it is kind of survival mode. You hope Curbelo and Grandison can play uh, on Monday against Notre Dame. But that feels like a really tough team game right now. I mean, Illinois started the year in, what, number four or five in Ken Palm? They're yep. down to 25 yep. after tonight, and they don't feel like they're number 25 right now in the Ken Palm. Right. It seems like it could be ultimately lower, and tonight you drop from 15 to 25, and defensive efficiency went from four overall to 19, and, and four was really, again, as we've talked about with some of these podcasts, a lot on preseason projection, uh, and they're, they're not getting those kind they're not an elite defensive team uh and really not a team that you can make an argument should be ranked at this point again there's some some reasons for that some circumstances that are, are tough for them but Notre Dame lost to Texas A&M not a very good team uh so I, I don't know how great they are but it's a team that can shoot the three and, and has some weapons and for an Atlanta team that's not getting stops and I mean I don't know how great Cincinnati is. We, we got to see how good Marquette's season is ultimately going to be. So, could they give Illinois some issues, especially if Trent's out? I, I yeah. think that they certainly could. And I, the only way I would see it with Trent, and I know that Plummer tweeted out, "Don't worry, he's going to be okay." And we haven't heard an, an ultimate update on a timeline or specific injury, unless it's like that I/O fall where he slipped on the floor and it, maybe it looked worse than yeah. it ultimately was, more of a scare than than that. But he was out of the game and, and couldn't even put weight on it. So. Uh, I've heard that he maybe could be back here relatively soon, but like you outlined at the very you know outset, if, if it's a hyperextension or something like that, it, it would be longer. Yeah, it could be, I mean, at least multiple games here. And I, would, I just wouldn't expect him in the next week, and you get some big high major opponents. You hope Andre comes back, and that changes a lot for them offensively. Not sure it changes anything defensively, Derek. That that's the and Grandis. I don't think he changes anything defensively. That's what they got to figure out. And you asked Brad, how do you fix that? And he said, probably two hours of practice tomorrow on really just it's dribble drives, right? I mean, ball screen coverage and a lot of scouting report errors, which um, you know they they got to drive that home because that's something Trent does extremely well, Demonte does extremely well. You got to translate that to the court. That that's college basketball. You can't just roll it out like in high school basketball and dominate everybody. You got to be on your p's and q's there. Yeah, I mean if a guy only drives right-handed or 85% of the time, you, you cheat that way. If he does hit you with the left cross, if if you do the Pat Chambers, he's like, make him go left. He never goes left, and then Iowa goes left and hits the, the runner. You tip your cap, but you do have to understand who who are shooters. I know there was one point where Goody left a guy in the corner, and Brad said, you leave him again, I'm going to take you out because that's a guy that we've diagrammed that you don't leave. So uh, that's just understanding and attention to detail. And, and then, yeah, just flat out guarding the ball and, and having more of a toughness about you at the defensive end. And at, I imagine that's going to be – the majority of practice you're going going up here uh, this weekend. So, Derek, what's your uh, panicometer at right now of a 1 to 10? I'll give you mine. I mean, just because of a lot of injuries. But I still think this team can be pretty good when healthy. Uh, whether they're going to contend for a Big Ten championship, not they defend like this. 
That's my biggest concern is yeah. I think this team's going to be able to score points because you've got Kofi Coburn, Andre Corbello comes back. A lot of guys are getting open shots. Coleman Hawkins is really, really skilled, and I think he's going to be really good. Um, you know, Trent comes back. He's going to hit shots. DeMonte, I think, eventually hit shots. Like, this team has shot makers. When you have Corbello and Coburn, I think it'll be fine offensively. My concerns are defensively. Um, the good news is Brad Underwood's your coach, and usually – that gets drilled into you, and they get much better as the season goes along. They weren't good defensively at this point last year, so that would be the optimistic. Mine would probably be, with everything that's happened, a four. If they would have lost tonight, probably would have been a lot higher um, than that. But uh, I think they're going to they're gonna lose some more games here in the non-conference, um, and, and we know how difficult Big Ten play is. If you watched Arizona against Michigan, there is a vast difference between what you're seeing out of Illinois and what you're seeing out of Arizona, and that's scary. And I think also just the the danger of losing a game you're not supposed to lose, just based on the way they're playing, based on the way you're not defending right now. And like you said, like this was a team that last year went to Rutgers and gave up 90 points, and they weren't uh, what they ultimately were, which was one of the top 10 defensive efficiency teams towards the end of the year. So, uh, I mean, Brad even admitted in the po- in the pre-game uh, post uh, press conference earlier in the week said hey my teams don't play well early that's kind of been what, whatever's happened with me they do get better I like the fact that January February March they start to figure it out and I would say you're right probably in the three to four range um, it is jarring to watch some other teams yeah. around the country that you thought you were in the mix with and how much better they are or, yeah. uh, you know whatever it might be but you do have to take into account the the injuries the the lack of continuity but I mean I still think that Illinois is talented enough to be playing better than they are right now. And yeah. I think the edge that they're lacking right now is concerning defensively. And then, like, a guy like Omar Payne that plays t- less than two minutes tonight, and that was a guy that you thought would be 15, 20 minutes a game off the bench, maybe not 20, but 15 off the bench, and a really good rim protector, and he's giving you nothing yeah. right now. And we've talked about it before. Like, it's nice to see Benjamin Bossman's Verdonk do some things, but we've seen Bossman's Verdonk against high major yes. opponents, and it's a lot different. Right, so like pain will be much more important than and the fact that Verdonk is playing 12 minutes and Payne is playing one and a half is a concern because you're going to need Omar Payne at some point this season. Right now, it just doesn't look like uh, you can rely on him. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, Derek, um, let's talk a little bit about recruiting because there are two big-time visitors here uh, for Illinois basketball, and they're kind of putting their ducks in a row here. I mean, you get uh, the two guys they got in the summer, Jade Neffs and Sincere Harris. Then you had Ty Rogers before early signing, right at the end of early signing day. And now you get Dane Danger, a uh, great name, by the way, uh, <laughs> former Baylor player, 
uh, redshirt freshman, only played three games uh, for the defending national champions, didn't play at all last year when they won the championship, but a top 100 prospect out of Minnesota, really skilled, big body, probably needs to cut that up a little bit. Yep. He's here tonight. And then Jeremy Fears, um, that well, probably going to be, he is a top 30 guard in the class of 2023, kid out of Joliet in my neck of the woods, and one of the best point guards in the country. So we talk about guard you here that would certainly uh continue the run of great guard play illinois has had but derek these are these are two major prospects they got on campus that could be very important for the long term let's start with danger um why does illinois have him on campus and how do you think he could fit it's the benefit of having an open scholarship spot and when you look at just the nature of college basketball right now and you're going to have some some talented guys that doesn't work out of their situation but we're highly tied to recruits uh, that are going to hit the portal and look to to move mid-year and last year we saw guys were reclassing or going mid-year and Illinois didn't have a spot and uh, this time around you, danger was someone that they got in on early out of Minnesota uh, weren't ultimately like down the line, kind of like in his final group, uh, ends up going to Baylor. I know Michigan State was in there, Ohio State. At that point in time, Illinois wasn't hadn't arrived as a program. Uh, but he was born in Chicago, so he's got connections there. Tim Anderson apparently uh, is the lead on him and uh, knows some people that he's around in Chicago working out. And Tim has a hot hand right what, now. What a month. I was just saying, <laughs> what a month that would be. I mean, Rez Johnson, who looks like a five-star yeah. prospect, at least this weekend as he starts his sophomore year. And then you get Ty Rogers and then Danger on campus. Yeah, it's a plumber streak here. <laughs> we, we know how good Ty Rogers is. And, yeah, for Michael O'Brien to say that Merez is one of the best homegrown prospects out of the state in, in quite a while, I mean, he looks the part physically. just really impressive. So uh, to have the connection on Danger, and he hasn't done anything at the Division One level. He redshirted last year off of foot mm -hmm. surgery and, and only played three games, nine total minutes for Baylor this year. But uh, like you were saying, I mean, he was – a top 100 big man, six foot nine. He's at 270 now, which is on the heavier side. But offensively, he's got a ton of skill. I remember watching him EYBL, and I mean, I think Peach Jam was putting up 15 and eight, and someone that can not only score around the basket, but can face you up, can put the ball on the floor, and uh, I mean. Ty Rogers is a Baylor type of guy. Dane was literally at Baylor. So the kind of that, when you start to think about the versatile pieces offensively. Brad wants to be Baylor. Let's, yeah. just, let's just say, like, he, he loved the transfers. He loved the toughness. And, like, playing them last year, he loved watching that team. So, yeah, to get that kind of quality, those kind of Baylor players, he loves. Yeah, physical guys, athletic guys, switchable defensively to an extent, and offensively, you know, very just hard to guard. Uh, and uh, that would be when you think it – Ty and you think of Dane and you think of Coleman as they progress into that front court and whether it's going to be Omar uh, but the fact that if you could get Danger to come in and be someone that could challenge Omar for the starting spot in the future at the five or uh, you know however that's going to ultimately look he's a talented guy and for them to get be his first official visit once hitting the portal I know that Minnesota's trying to get him to come back home to Minneapolis uh, Michigan State's in there as well but uh, there seems to be some real traction for Illinois and, and that'd be a really nice get oh man beat Izzo twice in a row would be something too uh no you got to start thinking about post-Kofi life and Brad talks about different pieces well Coleman and Danger very different pieces Omar and in, in Danger very different pieces as well Rogers you can add to that front court mix you're not gonna have Kofi right so you're gonna have to be better elsewhere you're gonna have to do it with a lot of guys you're not gonna be the same in the interior but you got to be different you got to be good still so that's a very interesting piece fears man uh if you can follow Curbelo and Epps and Sincere Harris with, with Jeremy Fears, who 
as a true freshman we believe would would play right away, right? Um, that seems like the guy, Derek, in 2023 that if Illinois can start that class with him and Merez Johnson in 2024, who boy. Um, but why, why have they done so well with Fears to have him here and, and what makes him a special player? Yeah, it's, it's the turn of the program. I mean, you have an in-state guy. I know that he's playing at Lalu now, but uh, someone that a uh, local product that sees the program, obviously risen to the top of the Big Ten and uh, the guard play. I mean, the fact that they've had Io come in here uh, out of the state and be in that similar range, top 30 type of player, turn, you know, elevated him to a Bob Cousy award winner, gets him to the NBA, uh, Curbelo, all the, you know, what he's done and, and what people expect him to do still. Uh, I think Curbelo and Fears as past first point guards, you can just really go and transition, have great feel and that, that true floor general, they're, they're similar types of point guards. And I know that Fears looks and sees Curbelo as someone that's not going to probably stay four years. I know yeah. everyone's going to say, well, look at the way Andre's played so far. He, he's going to have to to live up to that still. But uh, it's the guard play. It's the way the program has elevated. It's the way the program has prioritized him. You know, Jeff Alexander, as soon as he transitioned to an assistant role, was full speed ahead on, on recruiting Fears. And uh, Underwood and Jeff both went and saw him here recently. And it's really kind of boiled down to Illinois, Michigan State. Again, you mentioned Izzo uh, as this thing's gone forward. And he's a guy that seems to be wanting to decide sooner than later. Uh, so Illinois has had him now on campus three times since the summer, doing very, very well. A guy that's really boys with Kylan Boswell. Can you ultimately get both of those? That's yeah. still to be determined. But Fears is who they've really highlighted as, hey, we got three top 100, top 100 players in 2022. We can transition to younger classes. We want him to be an early get. We we secure. Be a heck of a recruiting month or recruiting months for Illinois if they can uh, swing that. It's amazing what a little winning can do. Um, unlike uh, when they lost to what Ford Atlantic here uh, a couple years ago, yeah. Kofi Coburn in attendance. I was going to say some of those games tend to lead to recruiting commitments. <laughs> apparently, when you had the Florida Atlantic one, you lost to Marquette. You get Ty Rogers. Kofi said, "I, I looked at that team and said I'm going to play a lot right away and yeah. play a big role." So uh, Jeremy Fierce has some time here, but obviously uh, he sees some talent on the team, and I think we all know um, this is not the full team. We've only seen the full team twice uh, and that was in Kansas City and even Goody wasn't even available uh, in those and then Curbelo and Frazier dealing with their stuff towards the end of the Kansas State game so just a disjointed start disjointed start to uh, Illinois basketball on the court off the court they're rolling though uh, and recruiting so uh, we're gonna have plenty more on that later on in the weekend and don't miss your chance this is our best deal of the year if you're not a VIP member 75% off your first year of Illini Inquirer VIP membership. So that's more $90 of savings. So I'm telling you, our deals don't get any better at 24-7 sports. So take advantage of that. We got a lot going on. Joey Wagner's up in DeKalb tonight covering Jordan Anderson and Malachi Hood, who just won a state championship. Jordan Anderson over 300 yards in that game. He's pretty good. Uh, and uh, we'll cover throughout football this week. Derek's going to have recruiting updates with the two guys we were just talking about, Fears and Danger, and, of course, all the analysis. And it's a big recruiting weekend for Illinois football as well. Some uh, top targets in the class of 2022 will be on campus and uh, could be a busy weekend for them and, and a lot of – a lot of movement here in the last couple of weeks before early signing day, so check that out. Just wait till transfer quarterback season oh. coming up soon. Yeah, <laughs> starts Monday probably. <laughs> is that when that's all going to start? But yeah, we got a lot coming up, uh, so uh, check us out at Illini Inquirer. For Derek Piper, I'm Jeremy Warner at State Farm Center. Everybody have a great night. Take care of each other, and we'll talk to you next time on the Illini Inquirer podcast.
Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now.